Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 30 in the book of First Timothy. This is Be With Me. It's seven minutes. And today I'm going to title Immortality Equals Deathlessness. Great little thought today. Stick with me. Yesterday we were uh, looking at qualifications of people and the qualifications of Timothy. And he's warning him, hey, be free from reproach. Have a good reputation. Be respectable. Be well thought of by outsiders until he appears, either in the second coming or in our vision when he appears before us on that day for each of us. So then he says, how long? Well, until Jesus comes back. Listen in here. This is from 1 Timothy. This is chapter 6. It's nearing the end. We're going to read uh, verse 15. Maybe I'll start from uh, 14. He says, keep, he's talking to Timothy. Here's the end of the charge. Keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until, and then here's today, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who was blessed and only sovereign the King of kings and Lord of lords. And then pay attention to this verse. Who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. All right, so a couple of teaching points before we get to the big thing, which is going to be, we're going to talk today about immortality and deathlessness. Point number one is Jesus is coming back. So he is going to appear again. So this ain't over yet. Point number two in verse 15 is he's going to come back at the right time, which means not a moment too soon. Also means not a moment too late. Second Thessalonians 2.8 says, at that moment, the lawless one will be destroyed with the breath of his mouth. I just had to mention that. Uh, At his coming, you know, stuff is going to happen. Stuff above our pay grade is going to happen. All right, third point is he is blessed. He's happy, privileged, blessed. He's pleasant. He is is a happy, blessed God. Verse four, or uh, fourth point is he's the only sovereign. And now we go into exclusive characteristics of the Lord. So he is the only sovereign, unrivaled, alone. He sits in a solitary way, in and he's unrivaled in his uh, in his position, so he's the only one. And what is he? Well, he's sovereign, which means he's ruler and master. He's the mighty one, so he has power. But then he also has the power and the agency, the liberty to decide. So he has power and authority in himself, but he also has the the uh, authority to exercise jurisdiction outside of himself so he is the true ruler he's the lord he's the you know we use the the phrase master of the universe well uh, i was just reading an article this morning about uh, the hubble telescope and now that's been upgraded to the webb telescope which has a has a better position in space and it has uh, two and a half times the receiving power power and it also receives in um, infrared uh, and of course here's what's happening is they're discovering more the the universe is bigger it's better it's more fantastic there's more star factories out there it's bigger than anything we've ever known and ever seen in other words who created this who's the mighty one who's the one that ke- that you know and maybe it goes on forever i mean who knows we don't have telescopes 
that are that are that big. So he is sovereign. He has power. He is ruler. All right. Next point. Six. He is king of kings, the royal of royal. He reigns um, over uh, completely. Verse, uh, seventh point, he's the Lord of Lord. He's the principal. He's the essential participant. He's the owner. He's the ruler. Basically, it means the buck stops here. He's the highest authority. All right. And then finally today, the big point that I that just stopped me is that he's the only immortal. So immortal means deathlessness. And we worship God, specifically the person of Jesus. So remember in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin. So Jesus didn't know sin, but God made him to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And similarly, I'm going to use stick immortality into that verse. So for our sake, my understanding is, he made him to have death. To have, for Jesus to have death, to experience death, so that we might not have to experience death. So we worship Jesus for his perfection and his purity and his sinlessness, right? Uh, yet, he didn't know sin. But he was viewed as sin. In other words, it counts for us. And similarly, we, we should, and here it does, worship Jesus for his immortality, his deathlessness. Yet... In his death, which was temporary but real and associated with some suffering, his death counts for us. So we have a sinless God who was known to bear sin, ironically, and we have a deathless God who was known to bear death. We have an immortal God who was known to bear mortality. So to those who are facing sin, my recommendation and the Bible's recommendation is face it with Jesus. He's already kind of fixed that problem. And for those of you who are facing death, face it with Jesus. Aren't we all facing death? Some are facing it a little more closely. You know, who else are you going to, what else are you going to do? What's plan B? Uh, who else are you going to call? He alone is immortal. That's what it says. The Verse 16, 1 Timothy 6, 16, our verse for the day. Who alone has immortality? So we have a deathless Savior who died. And he put that, he put it, death, on himself for you. And who would have thought of that? You know, absolutely nobody. This is just a, you know, this is one of those mysteries of God that only he could reveal to us. We would not have figured this out before. And, and here's the truth that we have a God who is immortal, yet put death upon himself so that we could live forever with him. My recommendation, ladies and gentlemen, is let's go be immortal with him. Believe in him today. Thanks for listening.